about everybody but just the people of God the biggest issue boils down to the fact that for many of us our allegiance is not to the kingdom of God our allegiance is to the kingdoms of this world and right as the people of God's allegiance become the lesser kingdom not the eternal kingdom but the temporal kingdom then the ethics of the lesser kingdom become the ethics of the people of God which are antithetical or opposite to the ethics of the kingdom of God There are few subjects that get people more riled up in politics. Lines are drawn and defenses are raised as soon as conversation shifts to political topics. Well, today, Pastor Daniel will share what the Book of Romans has to say about the issue of politics. You'll be reminded that your values and actions reflect your heart. Pastor Daniel will challenge you to consider whether your allegiance is to things on earth or to the kingdom of God. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Romans chapter 13 as he begins his message, Let's Talk Politics. So an open secret is that I have the spiritual gift of mischief. Now, I know some of you are like super biblical. You're like, that's actually not really a spiritual gift and it's not in the Bible. But it is in my heart. Now, I'm not saying that that makes it right, but I've always been that guy. I, I just, if there's a situation that I can kind of be a little bit mischievous in, I just kind of, I lean that way. Maybe it's because I'm like, uh, I'm the youngest in my family. So I have an older sister and I have a twin sister who's technically older. Um, and so, you know, I, I've always been that person who, when I know something can create a little havoc, I kind of, I lean that way. I remember when I was an assistant pastor in the Bay Area, my pastor, John Henry Corcoran, he was uh, one of those people and still is to this day, who's very specific. So everything on his desk was exactly where it needed to be. So I would roll in and I would just start moving things around because I knew that it was like it would kind of set him off a little bit. And and it'd be funny. We'd be talking. I'd be like tapping on something on his desk and I'd move like a pen. And then he'd like lean over and move back. And then I'd like, you know, move a book. And then he'd come over and he'd be like, will you stop that? I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. You know, and it's just it's kind of my nature is to be that way. And I say it's an open secret because is anyone shocked that I have the spiritual gift of mischief? No, unless you're brand new. And then if you're if you're new, then you're like, oh, okay, okay. I don't know. I didn't know if that was a spiritual gift. And I'm not sure that it is, but I like to call it that. Now, the reason I bring this up is because today is a day that I get to talk about something that is definitely going to uh, have some, I'm going to have some fun with all of you because I've called this message, let's talk about politics, And if there is ever an area um, that as a a person that you can get yourself into trouble, it's when you talk about politics. Now, uh, if you want a great definition of politics, it's actually uh, two words put together. Poly means many and ticks mean blood-sucking organisms. So you do the math. I'm just kidding. I mean, it, that's, a, that's pretty fun. And I do have this. I couldn't resist it. But, but <laughs> and if you're in politics, you do the math. No, I'm just kidding. But the idea, politics literally is the activities that are associated with government of a country or other areas. And especially in regards to the conflict and the debate 
amongst individuals or parties who are kind of hoping to achieve power. That's, what, that's a great definition of politics. Actually, I pulled that right out of Merriam-Webster's dictionary. So it's all the activities that relate to governance and the debate and conflict that is associated with those who are vying for power. Now, we're going to explore a lot of that area today. And I'm pretty sure that like, my goal today is to provoke all of you. And I say that because I don't want to provoke you the way our contemporary political system does, which I know that there were some of you who all week were like, man, you're going to talk about politics. You know, like I'm already worked up. Like some of you came in already with your boxing gloves on. I saw you. You're like, Fusco's talking about politics today, and so I'm ready to go. I want to provoke you to love and to good works today. That's really what my goal is. And because I only have a certain amount of time to take this text, which is one of the seminal texts about what a Christian ought to be as it relates to civic duty in government. I'm also going to try and bring in the other uh, big areas to give you not all the details, but the, the big ideas on how the Bible teaches that we are supposed to deal with politics and government. Now, up front, my only goal here is to tell you what God's heart is as it relates to the Bible. So if you want to know what my politics are, my politics are Jesus dead and resurrected. That's my politics, right? And for me, if my presentation today offends you, you have to ask yourself, am I offended because Fusco's telling me what the Bible says and I just don't like it? Or are you offended because I'm not telling you what the Bible says? Now, if, if I offend you because I'm not telling you what the Bible says, then I have failed in this message. And I don't want to fail in this message, right? My job is to tell you, this is what the scriptures teach about this. Now, I realize that in giving you the big ideas, I can't get into every single nook and cranny and nuance and this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing, okay? So I can't do that. Don't have enough time. And actually don't really want to, and it would take forever, you know? But the idea is this, to give you the, the big idea that we're going to be grappling with today is that as a follower of Jesus, you and I are citizens of two kingdoms. We're citizens of the kingdom of heaven, and then we're citizens of this earth. Now, because of that, there are two different governments at play, right? There is the kingdom of heaven where God is the center, and then there is the kingdoms of this earth the nations of this earth, the governments of this earth, of which we are aligned. Now, the thing is, is if you're a Christian, which government is your primary allegiance? Anybody know the answer? God's, right. Now, as it relates to contemporary politics, as it relates to the people of God, I'm not going to talk about everybody, but just the people of God, the biggest issue boils down to the fact that for many of us, our allegiance is not to the kingdom of God. Our allegiance is to the kingdoms of this world. And right as the people of God's allegiance become the lesser kingdom, not the eternal kingdom, but the temporal kingdom, then the ethics of the lesser kingdom become the ethics of the people of God, which are antithetical or opposite to the ethics of the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? So whichever kingdom you more closely align your heart with, then the activities and the actions of that kingdom become your primary activities. And my only goal here today is to provoke you to make your allegiance to Jesus and the kingdom of God and the ethics of God's kingdom and to let that drive your view of 
the lesser kingdoms, the temporal kingdoms, and our, the ethics of that. So if we take God out of being the center, we're going to get in trouble. And I'll be honest with you, it is my personal belief that attack divisive American politics is the single worst thing for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And our world lives in such a way to leverage the church to be a pawn in that chess match of people vying for political power. And when the church allows itself to be the pawn, rather than realize we're playing a whole different game, the church stops being salt, it stops being light, and the gospel does not run forth. How's everyone feel about this? Good. My only goal is that we have our allegiance to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's the only goal. And if you're, if you're a Christian and your allegiance is to the American government, uh, a party within the American government, if that's your driving allegiance, then I would tell you that you're really not a Christian. You're a political pawn. And you are so much more than meant to be a political pawn. Jesus has to be number one. Okay, so now... One more thing before we get going. I want you to look at the person next to you and I want you to repeat after me. Say, I love you. Because Jesus loves you. And even if we disagree about politics, I still love you because Jesus is better than politics. Amen? That's good, right? I just did to do what I do with my kids. I'm like, okay, repeat after me. I will be nice to my brother. <laughs> you know? But literally, if, if we just get that, this whole thing makes sense. But we live in a day and age where because our culture does not believe that Jesus is greater, all we have left is to squabble for the temporal things. But for you and I, God's pulling us out of that and saying, we live in this world, and we're going to get into all of this. We live in this world, but our allegiance is to another kingdom. Now, one last thing before we jump in. If you don't like what I'm saying, don't email me. Because I'm not going to read it anyway. And don't miss that just in the Crossroads family in Vancouver, there's thousands upon thousands of us. And then with the TV and the radio and the internet campus, there's like... Tens and thousands and hundreds of thousands of more people. And so everybody who gets offended at everything that I'm going to say today, it's like you can, if it makes you feel better to email it, great. I'm never going to read it. So I'm just letting you know that up front, right? Because I, I know how it goes. I was like, I'm going to let Fusco know how I think. No, you're not. <laughs> Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 13, verses 1 to 7. Romans 13, verses 1 to 7. I've been so not excited to teach you guys about this today. Actually, I, I was excited up until about Wednesday when my practical nature overtook my spiritual gift of mischief. Because I'm like, oh, this is going to be so fun. And then I'm like, oh, this is going to go really bad. No matter what we do. So Romans 13, as we continue this Amplify series through the book of Romans here. Now, before we start in Romans 13... I need to back up because you realize that there's a chapter break here, but all the things that Paul just said about how a Christian ought to behave plays into the way you think about politics. Now, if you don't believe me, listen to what it says. And I think that this is really, really powerful. 
The end of verse 16 of Romans 12, it says, do not be wise in your own opinion. Notice that. That's important when we're talking politics. Don't be wise in your own opinion. Verse 17, repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. It says, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all people. See, all this relates to the way we should deal with politics, right? We're peacemakers. Then it says, beloved, do not avenge yourselves. And then you get down to verse 21. Do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So with all those things in place, now Paul moves into the realm of government. Look at what it says, verse chapter 13, verse 1. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Verse 2. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Now, if I were to place all of this into one big idea, it's simply this. You have to realize that authority is God-given. That's what these verses teach, that authority is given by God, right? And so really what it means, but don't miss the fact, remember I talked to you already about that we're citizens of two kingdoms. That's what Paul says in the book of Philippians chapter three. We have to realize that the temporary authorities of government in our day and age, those are the lesser authorities, and they are given their authority by God. So right away, Paul puts our understanding of human governments in the context of God's authority and God granting authority, right? And so because God grants authority, it says, let every soul be subject to the governing authority. So now it's a question of submission. And, and that idea of submission, it's placing oneself under someone else. That's what it means. And so Paul right away says that a person should realize that we are in submission to other people. Now, here's the thing that's really shocking for all of us is when we realize that God is not into anarchy, God is into order. And part of order is that there are authorities that have been given, right? And in the face of government, what we realize is that any governmental authority is ultimately God-bestowed. Now, if you realize that, and in the same way, you know, when we look at a family, God's design, of course, is that within a family, a husband and a wife are the heads of their family, so to speak, right? A man will leave his father and mother, and he will cling to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. The idea is that when you leave your family of origin, and you become a married couple, now all of a sudden, you're on that same level with your spouse, and then within that idea, now all of a sudden, everything rolls, so you're no longer subject to your family of origin, now you're subject to your spouse. Now within that, God has given men a position of headship over their wives. Now we're going to have to unpack that, because I just said that out loud, but that's what the Bible teaches, right? The idea idea is, is that when authority has been granted by God, now the question becomes is, how do we broker that authority? Ah, now you have to realize 
When God grants authority, God never gives authority so that somebody can hurt somebody, malign them, put them in a bad situation, uh, be self-centered, and it's all about them. And one of the big issues we have as it relates to governments or whether it's authority in your job, in your home, and all these different, is when somebody uses authority or power to hurt other people, to oppress people. But... God does not give authority for oppression. God gives authority for protection and flourishing. If you don't believe me, anybody here who's put their faith and trust in Jesus, Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the ultimate authority. What did Jesus do? He laid down his life for us. The ultimate King sacrificed himself for the benefit of the people who are for him. And so the problem is not with authority in and of itself. The problem is the way that power or authority is brokered. Does that make sense? But what we see here is that God gives authority to government. And as believers, our job is to realize that we live in submission. Like you may not like the the speed limit laws, but guess what? They don't care if you don't like it. They made the laws. And so we have to live in subjection to that. Now, from there, he says, for there is no authority except from God and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. So really what the encouragement here is that God is saying because the authority has been given by God that when you resist the authority that is God given ultimately you get yourself into trouble. And so right here the Bible is encouraging you and I to be law abiding citizens. To be law abiding citizens. Now of course the Bible also teaches that there are times when the governing authorities invite us or force us by law to do things that are against the word of God. And at that point, like the apostles in in Acts chapter 5, we have to choose to honor God's authority above any sort of civil authority. Okay, so you have to put that together there. That when the government is encouraging you to do something that is fine, moral, just, then we do it. But when the government enacts laws that say, you have to do this, then civil disobedience is the norm. That's the position that you have to take. But by and large, as long as the government is not asking us to do anything immoral, then our job is to submit to that as under the Lord, knowing that any resistance to that authority is going to bring judgment, and God doesn't want us to come into judgment. Notice what it says, verse 3. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. So the idea is that A good government that understands its authority is an issue for people who want to do wrong. Now, of course, Titus chapter 3 verses 1 and 2 says it this way. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, and to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. So you see now, Paul, in writing to Titus, he puts together this idea of being submissive to the rules and authorities over us and to be ready for what every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all people. Now, as it relates to modern contemporary politics, that is really good biblical counsel, isn't it? Speak evil of what? What did it say? Speak evil to what? 
to no one. How should we be? Peaceable, gentle, humble. Now, here's what I've learned in my 43 trips around the sun on this spinning ball that we're living on. What I've learned is that everyone's really good at doing that when you agree with the person who's in office. They're so happy, supportive. But it's when you don't agree with the person in office that we really see what's in someone's heart. And I've been raised in a political environment that has been so, I mean, as an adult, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I remember Ronald Reagan got elected. I was five years old when he got elected the first time. And so I don't really remember that. My first political memories, of course, was the first uh, war uh, with Iraq, with George Herbert Walker Bush. But in my adult years, all I've ever seen is angry politics, divisive politics. Right, And I was raised in a family where we never spoke about religion or politics at the table, except they always did. And they always fought about it. Right, And so when I start reading verses like this as a Christian, I was raised like many of us. Actually, all of us have been nurtured in this environment. All of us have seen this environment become more polarized and divisive. And what happens is when you're being nurtured in this environment, you begin to take on the attributes and qualities of it unless you make your allegiance to another kingdom and then all of a sudden you say okay so my job is to speak evil of no one my job is to be a peacemaker peaceable my job is to be gentle my job is to be humble now can we be honest is that the tone of modern political discussion today no now here's the deal We shouldn't expect that to be the tone because if this is the kingdom that people are aligned to, they're going to line up with their ethics. But if you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, God has a more excellent way for you. You have to ask yourself right now, how am I holding my politics? Do I speak evil of people? Stop it. Are you peaceable? Are you a a proactive proponent of peace? Are you gentle? If you're not, stop it. Are you wise in your own opinion? Stop it. Be humble. All these verses showing all humility to all people. Not if you agree with them or not. How's everyone doing? Everyone's doing okay? Okay, should we keep going? You guys are gluttons for punishment. (laughs) Okay, look what it says. The middle of verse 3 says it this way. It says... Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Now, What we learn here is that God uses government. Today, Pastor Daniel tackled the tough topic of politics by urging you not to be hateful and angry in this polarized and divisive political climate. He said that instead, you should choose to take on the qualities of God's kingdom, being peaceable, gentle, humble, and not speaking evil of anyone. You are challenged to consider if your actions reflect God's character in these ways, regardless of whether or not you have the same views as the people you're interacting with. 
Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. Thanks so much for tuning in today. It's such an amazing honor to share God's Word, and I love seeing how God is working through this ministry. Would you partner with us? I'd love for you to join us in sharing the message that Jesus is real by being a prayer partner or financial supporter. Find out more by visiting our website, jesusisrealradio.com. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com, click on the stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will explain that God gives people authority to protect and benefit you. In fact, Jesus, the ultimate authority, gave his life for your sake. You'll be reminded that God uses governments to serve humanity and help people flourish. You have the privilege of electing your officials, and you should take advantage of this incredible opportunity. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called Amplify. Until then, may God bless.